Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Food delivery services have changed the way we approach our food. Uh, in preparation for this show, I decided I would, you know, head down and line up for my food for a change. And I was surprised at how irritated I was at a 20 minute wait because uh, food delivery services have got us so accustomed to cutting the queue and saving our time. Luke Andriani is managing director of Food Panda Singapore. Uh, since 2019, the number of active e-commerce users in Southeast Asia have really grown. They've gone up by about 300%. We're seeing double digit growth almost every year. Food delivery is expected to be a key driver of growth. Food Panda, one of the longest serving food delivery providers in Singapore. It's seven years on? The longest, yeah. Seven yeah. years and a half actually now. And counting. And you've launched several new initiatives, expanding your services to include groceries and mm-hmm. household essentials. You've also got a service that helps us sort of cut the queue by picking up our food ourselves and Correct, uh, yeah. saving on delivery charges there. Okay. So really great to, to have you in the studio with us. It's Thanks just eight days into 2020. So we yeah. thought we'd look ahead at the trends shaping food delivery services. It's a competitive industry, isn't it? It's a highly competitive industry. But as you said, we've been here since 2012, so almost eight years now. So we've already now sort of grown to a stage of relative confidence and a large scale in, in terms of penetration in food, um, food delivery in Singapore. Uh, the big challenge for us now is, as you said, diversification in 2020. Mm. And so, so that's the big direction we're taking. And do you see diversification as a key to a sustainable business here in Singapore? I mean, is the market limited because there's such high mobile penetration? So many people have chosen their delivery service providers, so to speak. Is it limited in terms of growth? So, I mean, there are three main pillars for food delivery without speaking about diversification to grow a business. One is to have the right inventory, the right choice of restaurants. The other one is to deliver faster and in a more reliable way. And the third one, which is somewhat the most important in Singapore, is pricing. So we covered those basics to some extent already in Singapore. And because we've been here for quite a long time, and also because the city-state is a market that is somewhat smaller than other markets in Southeast Asia, the penetration of food delivery in Singapore is very, very high. So in other words, the food delivery market now in Singapore is reaching a state that is slightly more mature than, let's say, Thailand or the Philippines, for example. So diversification comes on top of that as a new branch or a new arm of our strategy to try to add new occasions and leverage the fact that we have the largest express fleet in Singapore. And what else can we use it for besides food? That's kind of the thinking behind. Yeah. So we saw Grab moving from transport to food delivery. Some might say we're seeing some of these services expand to banking, even consumer banking. When we think of diversification and food panda, what have you done and what's in the works? So you mentioned that that other companies uh, diversification, which is more sort of operationally very different in the sense that ride hailing and food delivery do not share the same fleets. For us, what we ask ourselves is we have this large fleet of of riders in, in Singapore. What else can we use it afford besides food. Food being still the core of what we do um, overwhelmingly, but we want to humbly diversify and see if we can add more types of services to, to, to the fleet. So for example, groceries is one. Obviously, that's the most natural diversification I would say, but we're also venturing into non-prescription drugs, flower deliveries, you name it. So we're approaching it via two different models. One of them is a marketplace model, which is what we do almost in our DNA, 
So you sign vendors on the platform and deliver their goods for them. And the other model that we're exploring is a bit more of a direct sell-in model, which is still in the works at the moment. That's interesting you say non-prescription drugs because, you know, I use telemedicine quite a bit and I love having my drugs come to me, my yeah. prescription drugs come to me. And my provider is thinking of moving, so I just get a prescription. I have to go out and get the drugs myself. Yeah. So what you're suggesting is, you know, No, I mean, for prescription drugs, nothing changes. We, mm. we will not go into that space because mm. it's very regulated. I don't think we would even have the right to do to do delivery for that. But for non-prescription stuff that you can buy, for example, let's say Guardians, Watsons, these are things that we could consider at some point yeah. delivering as well. Certainly uh, shops that have been untapped by other delivery service providers. Hey, speaking of your drivers uh, and your delivery individuals, they've been in the news and I wonder if you want to bust that rumor that Food Panda is closing down because uh, there was a Telegram page that your delivery you know, individuals used and, and that closed down for a short while. I think this was about seven days ago. I'm not even aware, to be honest. Okay, so uh, there, there's, I mean, I can, I can buzz the rumor very, 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 very firmly. That you're still around and you're not closing down. I mean, we rather will be the, the and are and will be the market leader in the decades to come. There's not even a slight consideration to close down. I'm not aware of this page. Okay, so it sounds like it was one mode of communication that your delivery drivers use that had been closed. Okay, yeah, no, um, but I'm, you're here to say that Food Panda is no alive and well. No way, very well, in All fact. All right, that's good to hear. In terms of your delivery riders, though, how have they been coping with the e-scooter ban? Overall, quite well for us as a company. For the riders, obviously, it was a bit of a surprise, I believe. So what we did together with the LTA is put together a scheme to help them replacing their vehicles. So if they had a, what we call a PMD, an e-scooter, to co-fund the replacement of that vehicle to a new vehicle, for example, an electric bicycle, an e-bike. So that was co-funded by DLTA and us. We also had a partnership with the NTUC to provide um, a temporary relief fund to help those who could not easily switch to a new vehicle type for different reasons. Mm. So we put some measures in place to try to alleviate the impact of that new regulation. Luke Andriani is Managing Director of Food Panda Singapore and Influence with me this morning. So I understand you're taking an extra step to promote conscious eating. You've removed shark's fin from your platform. Mm. You're looking to educate customers and partner restaurants as well to support sustainable food sources. Um, why did you choose this cause? I mean, the real reason we chose this course is that it's the right thing to do. Um, we get a lot of very positive PR, but we don't do it for that purpose. I was a bit conscious about the shark fin ban, for example, for cultural reasons, to be culturally sensitive. But overwhelmingly, the, the response from customers and from the entire market was super positive. Now the big focus for us is to reduce plastic bags and plastic cutlery. So we have this option to opt out of cutlery, for example, which is mm -hmm. highly, highly appreciated by also restaurants because it allows them to cut costs. And moving also to biodegradable, I mean, we already use recycled material for the paper bags. So we're also reducing the volume of paper bags that we're using, moving to biodegradable as well is, is the direction we want to take. And also seeing if we can at some point put our scale at the service of restaurants to offer them biodegradable packaging also for their own packaging that they do inside the restaurants would be a direction that we would like to take. And, and how has the decision to include groceries and household items for your platform been for you in terms of growing your user base? Uh, so far, I mean, we're at very initial stages. We have about 1,000 vendors that are non-food vendors, non-restaurants, uh, live on the platform. We're also developing that other branch I was mentioning earlier that is more kind of a sell-in direct channel. So it's very early stage, but we are already at roughly, uh, I mean, 
in the in the low uh, low ten percent of order contributions. So it's it's getting it's getting to significance. So another of your initiatives allows customers to use Payla as a yeah. mode of payment on Food Panda, and this means that Food Panda, with a total of six payment options, offers the most number of payment options uh, to consumers out there. And are you looking to keep that lead? Um, I mean, at the moment. Payla is, I mean, we've, we have a very deep and, and, and long-standing partnership with DBS and, and the integration of Payla was already there before actually for collecting cash from our riders. We're the only player offering cash on delivery as a, as a payment method. So there's the whole hassle of cash collection. So we use Payla for that. Now we develop or deploy Payla as a payment method for consumers. Um, it's also something that we want to push a lot because we see, um, I mean, there are advantages for consumers in terms of Ease, ease of transaction and also for us in terms of payment fee because it's much more affordable for us to have a transaction via Payla than via the traditional payment methods, online payment methods. So we want to keep pushing in that direction, yes. But in terms of diversification across more payment methods, we think at the moment we cover the main ones, to be very honest. So I was looking at a global report on e-data users in Indonesia among the Southeast Asian mm-hmm. markets really leading the way in terms of e-commerce um, consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand you've chosen Singapore as your headquarters for Southeast Asia. Why this decision? I mean, Singapore is, I would say, somewhat more advanced or more mature in terms of, of uh, tech penetration. We're part of a larger group called Delivery Hero, um, which is present in, I think, 40, 45 countries in the world. Um, and when we look at the level of maturity, what we call the penetration rate of uh, food delivery services mm. compared to the active population, um, Singapore is, is, is quite high up. Um, in other words, the, the level of maturity of this market is very high. So it was quite a natural choice for us to establish our headquarters here. You mentioned Indonesia or other markets in the region. Um, they're rising and the potential is huge, but the um, internet penetration or the usage of such services is still very much nascent. So the, the volume of new customers that, that we acquire in those markets is extremely uh, high. Um, and, and much at a much higher pace than Singapore, which is a more mature market. As a managing director, tell us how you see the importance of engineers. I understand you've been actively hiring engineers in Singapore yeah. uh, to improve your back-end technology. Yeah. And I was reading up on interviews that you've done previously saying as managing director, it's customer experience that's fo- on the forefront of your priorities. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us in terms of user experience that you hope customers will be able to experience in the near future? So, I mean, good point first on the on the... Um, on the ex- expansion of our tech team, we have already a, a tech team. We've over, always had it in Berlin in our headquarters, and we're adding a second one um, here in Singapore, um, also to serve the entire Asia Pacific region. We have about uh, 100 folks now, um, and aim at being several hundreds by the end of next year. They will focus on a lot of of uh, incremental modules or incremental projects that we didn't have the bandwidth to, to work on before. A key aspect of it will be personalization. So having very personalized campaigns or promotions on the front end for each customer. Um, having Basically, when you open the app, having something that really is tailored to your past ordering experiences rather than something standard that we show to everyone, that's, that's one big axis for 2020. 
in terms of you know where you've come from in your experience, you started in diplomacy. Yeah. You've worked in energy markets, and you also were amongst the first movers in Lazada. Correct. Uh, you know, very innovative in terms of getting customers and digital channels. Um, what do you see as important, most important in terms of localization and you know? I think localization is a huge topic, to be honest. We joined the Delivery Hero Group in at the very beginning of 2017. Um, and for a year or two, we had a very strong trend towards centralization, which made sense because we needed to generate synergies. But in the process, somehow, on the, on the marketing side in particular, we lost a bit that local touch. And we've been, over the past couple of years, pushing very hard to relocalize, for example, our marketing messages and not have kind of a, a one-size-fits-all, for example, TV commercial for the entire APAC region because you cannot have the same message in Pakistan and in Singapore it doesn't work so localization of marketing messages is key of course it comes with more investments because you need to have a different content generation different marketing content generation for each country but it makes it, it's, it's a complete must no way that you can avoid this, this localization yeah keep that in mind when you do your radio promotion as well Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, as we embark in this new decade, 2020, we're eight days in. Tell us where you see the opportunities and challenges lying ahead for the food delivery sector. So as I was mentioning at the beginning, I think food will remain for, for a while um, and for the foreseeable future, the core of what we do. So we want to keep focusing on those three pillars I was mentioning. So having still the, the lowest prices as possible for our customers in terms of delivery fee, launching a more uh, ambitious subscription program and so on. Um, the second one is delivering faster. So we d now deliver in average 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, depends on the delivery zones. Um, since the beginning of the year, rather like 22 minutes average. So it's very, very fast. Almost too fast to some extent. I mean, there's no such thing, but uh, it comes also at the, it's a bit of a trade-off between efficiency and speed. Um, and and the third one is, is keeping growing the, the the choice, the inventory of restaurants that we offer to, to our customers. So there's no huge disruption in food delivery. I mean, uh, we will try drone deliveries. We are improving on AI and doing those things. So this is interesting, I guess, for, for auditors. Mm. But the reality of our business is that it's quite simple at the end of the day. You need to have choice, good price, and fast delivery. So this remains the core of our focus in 2020. Um, and then there's this whole new world that we're opening up now, which is the diversification we mentioned earlier. And I think, I mean, at least for us, that's the key a new direction or new pillar that, 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 that we're adding to our strategy in, in, in 2020. Well, I downloaded your app for this interview, so I'll be following your diversification yeah. <laughs> trends closely. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks it's been a great lot. pleasure. Luke Andriani is Managing Director of Food Panda Singapore. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.